I'm Sarah Abel and welcome to the Parent Talk podcast for the primary years, brought to you by Care for the Family. My coffee guests this morning are Care for the Family's founder, Rob Parsons, and UK director, Catherine Hill. And today we're going to look at the topic of communication. How do we talk and listen so that our children feel valued and loved? And we've had a scenario that's been written in, so let's start by uh, having a quick look at that. Uh, so the scenario goes, I have two boys, seven and ten years old. Last Wednesday, my eldest had a football practice starting at six. I only have a short time to make supper, help with homework and get everyone ready for the game. I was quickly making supper whilst the boys were watching TV. Then I hear my youngest son crying whilst making his way to me in the kitchen. His crying got considerably louder. He then begins to tell me that his brother hit him and called him stupid. I decided to ignore him, tell him to stop crying and asked, couldn't he see that I was busy making his food? Honestly, he lost it at that moment, started shouting at me, telling me that I didn't love him, that I never listened to him, and that I love his brother more than I love him. He then decided to sulk for the rest of the evening, and we never ended going to football after all. What could I have done differently? So here's a scenario about communication. How, how can we tackle situations like that, where someone is vying for our attention, um, I have so much sympathy, you know, I think for that mum. Um, we have four children and there's not, they're all quite close together in age. So there was a time when they were kind of sort of one, three, five and seven. And I used to call that time the happy hour, you know, because it was not happy actually. But between <laughs> five and seven um, and everyone was tired and hungry and normally there was homework to be done and stuff to find for school the next day and someone had some activity to go to. And it's probably one of those occasions when... There's some great principles that we can take on board, but the reality of family life is those times are tough and we can't always get it right. I remember a woman writing to us years ago and she said, if ever I leave my family, it will surely be at a quarter past five. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, underst I understand that. And I think, the, I think Catherine's absolutely right. The last thing this woman needs are 10 clever tips. You know, as parents, I think we practically live on guilt. Somebody once said parenting is made up of 50% fear and 50% guilt. And I think that's a little light sometimes on the guilt side. But I do think the truth is, if this is an isolated incident, a hey, fine, you can't always give your kids the attention they want. But if this little boy somehow is feeling day by day, week by week, my mum never listens to me, that's more serious. And I think sometimes you have to lay down what you're doing. Because in an emergency, actually, the tea will wait or the hoovering will wait, or doing the emails will wait. It's more whether you honestly think, you know, I, I never really give these kids that kind of attention that they need. Most of us crave communication at whatever age we are. I think, you know, we can all, I, well, I know, when someone's really listening to me, it makes me feel valued, it makes me feel special. You know, just the fact they've taken that time, they've given me the eye contact, and we can do that for our, for okay. our kids. I mean, it's interesting to say about the eye contact, isn't it? Because some of us think we can listen to anything. You know, we could be making this up and listening. But it's how do they know that we're listening? Is that a difference? It is. But don't you think some kids kind of... Can, if you, you've got to be a bit careful, haven't you? Because kids play the system, don't they? They, they? they suddenly, they're bored with television, so they want you. And, and if you stopped doing everything every time they wanted you... You'd absolutely never get anything done, would you? No supper. Do you know? No supper, no nothing. You'd have kids who are wonderful communicators. They starve to death. So it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing, is it? Um, it's, I think it's more generally, as I say, over a period of time, 
That, Dan used to say to me when the kids were very little, because I wasn't very good at it, I was just too busy, I think, to be honest with you. And when they were tiny, she'd say, Rob, you should sometimes kneel down and cup their heads in your hand and look into their eyes and actually listen while they're speaking to you. And, you know, I used to practice doing that. And they seem to, they seem to like that. Yeah. And, and what you're trying to do is build up this sense of, I do listen, I am there for you. If ever you really need me, I will be there. But hey, it's a tightrope, isn't it? And some of the some of the issue, I think, is that the things that they're interested in, so the things that were on that little chap's mind at that particular moment, are going to be so different than the things that are on our mind. So we've probably got maybe we're looking after elderly parents. This mum has got to get someone to a football match. She's got to get the food on the table. And there's probably loads to do in the house. And those are the things that are top of our list. And they're not going to be the top of the list of a seven-year-old. And it's trying to adjust that and think. What are the things that, you know, are important to them? And sometimes that does mean, you know, stopping doing whatever we're doing and, and giving that, that but attention. But I think what you said there is vital, Catherine. It's spotting those things important to them. And for each child, I think there will be something that really, really matters to them. Mm. And it may not matter to their brother or sister or even to us, but this is a big deal to them. And I think we, we have to try to spot those moments. Do you know when you're talking to your husband or wife or friend or partner and they just don't get why this is so important to you and that is really frustrating. It's worse for a child. Why can't my mum, my dad get it that this really matters? And I think we do need to try and spot those times. And they are, they're practically holy moments where, where we have a chance to say to a child, yeah, you really, really matter to me. I remember Diane um, pulling the car in once. The kids were in the back trying to and she pulled in, and we were in a bit of a rush, and she turned, and she listened, and this little boy poured out his heart. And, and I never forgot that because it was almost a lesson in sometimes you just have to stop what you're doing mm -hmm. and... Listen. So it's knowing those moments. I think you some, yeah. And also creating those moments, isn't it? I mean, I know with my yeah. five-year-old Jed, um, there'll be oftentimes he comes home from school and I, you know, talk about his day, and he's not really in the mood to talk at that moment. But for him, the time that he loves is that time in bed when we've read a story. He's probably trying to stop bedtime happening too quickly. But yeah. it's at those times he starts telling me about his day and everything that's happened, and it's just creating that moment um, when he is willing and wants to talk about that and it's not necessarily at the time I no, think no. it would be good to talk about. It's never off well very rarely the time that we think it's convenient for us but I think you're right Sarah it's it's I think it's spotting those little moments during every day so it might be in the car it might be on the way to school certainly bedtime but then we can make those times as well um, meal times another really good time I think to you know ask them stuff about their day and really listen to what they're saying. But you've got four, so you must have seen massive differences in, in, in needs, communication. I mean, presumably around that table, half, at least half your kids didn't want to talk about anything well, and the other two couldn't stop no, talking. That's so. absolutely, well, one of us, our youngest, doesn't see, well, then he actually, he's very communicative now, but he's now six foot three yeah. and, um, you know, a man. <laughs> but when he was little, he didn't see the need to contribute to a conversation yeah. unless someone asked him a direct question. Yeah. He would happily just let it all go by. And, um, and we would have to draw stuff out of him and maybe just try and, you know, the ones that were a bit more chatty and wanted to tell you every moment of the day, we had to sort of, you know, encourage them to let him have a bit, a bit of space. Do you know, I must say, as I look back on our two, Katie could talk for England. 
And with Lloyd, it was like dragging a, a you know, like dragging a tooth out. And I think then we, I certainly, not Diane, I certainly naturally found Katie easier. And you know, now I wish I think I tried harder with Lloyd. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's grown up now. And we have a fantastic issue. I don't think we could be closer. So in that sense, okay, no damage done. But as I look back, I just can't help thinking that there were a million things he probably wanted to say. But, but because Katie was the first and she was so verbose and she could articulate everything, it was easy to think, well, Lloyd just didn't want to talk. But I bet he had a million things. And I just wish, I think, I tried a bit harder with him. And I, sometimes it's about... I think, I mean, that mum in that situation, I don't know what's going on for that little boy, but it sounds like he's a bit frustrated, he's a bit angry, and there's probably a whole lot going on behind him, you know, behaving like that. And um, I remember a friend telling me about taking her three little ones to the, the shop down the road to buy some breakfast cereal, and she asked one of them to stand outside with the dog, and he refused, and she was really mad with him. And um, anyway, she did talk to him about it rather I think I would have probably just told him off but she she talked to him said why you know why won't you do it and he said someone might steal me Aww. and then she realized for this little chap he wasn't just being naughty he was terrified um, he was really worried and so I think sometimes it's spotting those things what's really going on for them and and giving them a chance to to no, talk I'm about sure that. and again you know the world isn't perfect and that's not always possible we're but, talking about kids in the primary years but, you know, we're looking ahead to those teenagers as well. And I have this hunch, if you listen to them when they're six, seven, eight, and nine, there are no guarantees, but there's a better chance they'll listen to you when they're 14, 15, 16. Because you've built up that relationship. You've taken that time. They've got this sense, my mum and my dad have time for me. They want to hear my story. The truth is, we all want to tell our story. Kids are no different. So what tips would you have for parents who might find themselves in similar situations? How can we build good communication with our children? What would you... Well, I would say occasionally press that pause button, have a little think about what are the things that are important for your child, what's going on for them, give them that eye contact and allow them the time to talk and give them also um, your, your listening ear. I think learn to talk to them when you're doing stuff with them. I mean, if, if your child is like our Katie, she'll talk whatever. Your Katie would talk in her sleep, we just sit there and listen. Lloyd would talk when he was doing something. You, and so you had to find those things. You had to work a bit harder. And as I said, I, I wish I think I'd worked a bit harder at that. But, but find, those, find those moments about things that they, uh, they want, to, want to talk about. Great tips. One's I'll try with Jed. Uh, this week and if you want to try out those tips as well let us know how you get on on our Facebook page and if you've got a scenario that you would love us to discuss on the Parent Talk podcast then please write to us and let us know what it is but until next time it's goodbye from all of us. You have been listening to the Parent Talk podcast for the primary years. For further information about our courses, resources and events please visit us at carefortheFamily.org.uk.